This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week, our Prime Minister stood with the US President and UK Prime Minister to make one of the biggest Australian defence announcements in decades. So, in this Squiz Shortcut, we'll explain why getting nuclear-powered submarines is such a big deal, how it's going to roll out over the next 30 years, and we'll look at whether we can really build these subs on Aussie shores given our pretty patchy history. Squiz Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories. I'm Alex Ty. And I'm Claire Kimball. Alex, welcome to your first Squiz podcast. Thank you very much. Recently had you join the team. We're really looking forward to getting your very dulcet tones on many, (laughs) many more podcasts into the future. I'm very, very happy to be here. I've always been a big fan of the Squiz, taking big topics and making them accessible. So, should we jump in? Yep, let's do it. So this topic has been teased so much over the past couple of weeks, but Claire, finally, we got the big reveal. There was a lovely photo op with Anthony Albanese, Joe Biden and Rishi Sunak. There was blue skies, blue seas and big boats on the shores of San Diego. Yeah, it looks like they got a really nice day for it. Uh, Obviously, the Commander-in-Chief can order up good weather, so well done (laughs) to Joe Biden. Uh, And look, to get to the quick nub of the announcement, uh, Australia is going to spend up to $368 billion over the next 30 years either buying in or building nuclear-powered submarines. Uh, We probably won't get the first few from the United States until the early 2030s. Uh, They might even be second-hand submarines submarines. Uh, And then it's not until the 2040s that we're going to see any roll off our own production line that will be based in Adelaide. Claire, it might be worth stepping back to a kind of basic question that I have always had in the back of my head, given that there has been so much talk about submarines in Australia over the past couple of years. And that question is, why do we need subs again? They seem like a old-fashioned bit of hardware. Why are we getting these subs? Yeah, so look, they can be a bit deceiving because they look so very clunky and maybe old-fashioned. But for Australia, they're really important because to state the obvious, we're an island. Uh, We're remote from the rest of the world and our strategic interests mean that we need the seas to be open. Uh, We also need a way to be able to make sure that our country stays safe. Uh, One of the things that certainly experts talk a lot about is that we need our shipping lanes to be open for exports so that they can get to market. also for imports to be able to make it here. Right. So that's why you hear defence strategists saying that having subs is about protecting Australia's prosperity as much as it is about them being actual fighting machines. They have this really important deterrent effect. Yeah, exactly right. And just as you see so often when submarines are portrayed in the movies, it's all very cloak and dagger. Uh, Once a submarine leaves the port and dives, it essentially is detectable only by relatively short-range sonar. uh, And that requires large efforts and very complex search efforts for anyone to find them. Uh, What the experts say is it is that element of uncertainty that's a really big multiplier effect in terms of that deterrent capability. Okay, so that's the why of these submarines. 
But what we are really talking about with this announcement is ultimately having a fleet of nuclear-powered submarines. So why is that important to us? Yeah, and we don't need to beat around the bush about why we're doing this. One word is China. Uh, China has rapidly been building up its own military capabilities. Uh, It's been expanding its influence into the South Pacific. Uh, And the United States, the UK and Australia have all called it out as being the greatest threat to peace and stability in our region. And what is the actual advantage with nuclear? Yeah, so just go back to where we're at. Australia's existing submarine fleet is diesel and electric powered. They're the Collins-class submarines. Uh, Now, one of the main benefits of getting into this AUKUS agreement with the US and the UK uh, is to get hold of this nuclear submarine technology. That will give us a big advantage in terms of speed and stealth and endurance. Uh, A nuclear sub can stay submerged for months. Uh, It only really needs to surface for food and to give the crew a bit of a break on land. And the nuclear-powered subs are a lot quieter than diesel and electric subs. And this also I know from the movies, Claire, but you (laughs) see that those diesel electric subs have to come to the surface to, you know, refuel or recharge and it's noisy and you can see the little periscope sticking up above the water. Exactly, that movie scene that we all know too well. Yeah, and it's also, I guess, a part of this political message that Australia is sending uh, with these harder to detect nuclear submarines. It's a really clear signal to our would-be adversaries that we're serious about protecting our interests uh, and the defence in the region. Yes, and we will be just the seventh nation to have nuclear-powered subs after the US, the UK, China, Russia, India, and France. So we'll be joining a pretty exclusive club. I'm not sure if everybody in that club wants us in the club, but we're joining the club. (laughs) We are, and it makes sense for the US and the UK to include Australia in the club. Uh, That's given our proximity to the Asia-Pacific region. It's kind of sharing this technology for what they see as a greater good. And I suppose for the US and the UK, it makes us a much more powerful ally. Yeah, it sure does. We'll be here to respond much more quickly to threats and also remain on missions for much longer. So that's good for our other allies as well. Next up, let's dive in to all the details of how this is going to practically roll out for Australia. Okay, Claire, just picking apart the details of this announcement, I, being somewhat cynical, think... Is this ever going to happen? Because it feels like every time there's a military or defence announcement, they say, we are getting this ship and it will be built in five years. And then five years comes along and it's it just isn't there. Mm. It takes double or triple that amount of time. And it always, always costs twice as much. Good to know, Alex, that you're probably as cynical as I am about these <laughs> things. Uh, but you're right. When it comes to buying big defence assets in Australia, we don't have the best track record for coming in on time or on budget. Uh, so this will be a real leap to get across all of what's happening as they've laid out. Uh, but I will point out that the timeframes that have been set out are still very general. Uh, we're talking about the 2030s and 40s and even up to the 2060s. Um, you'll see no one at the moment is locking themselves into a specifically firm date. They've wisely given themselves wiggle room of a couple of decades. Before we get into what we are getting and when, 
Just remind me of where we are at today in terms of our submarines. What do we already have? Yeah, so we've got six of these diesel electric Collins-class submarines. Most of them have been operating for more than 20 years and they've been plagued with problems. Uh, But the experts say that with some more upgrades, they can get us through to 2038, so probably for another 15 years. And so that was a big question until this week because no one was sure what we were going to do if we couldn't build our own subs until the 2040s. They were calling it in the trade, a capability gap, which is such a great defense euphemism, which really means there's a window of time that we're not going to have great subs. We're screwed and we have nothing to plug that gap. (laughs) Yeah, but that piece of the puzzle is solved. Um, So we're going to buy at least three, possibly even five subs from the United States. They have an existing nuclear-powered submarine that's called the Virginia class. Uh, We will get the first one early next decade. uh, And to ensure that the United States isn't caught short with its own fleet, we're going to have to fork out some money for that, uh, about $3 billion, and that's to help the United States boost their capacity on their own production line. Uh, each of those subs will cost us, above and beyond that, about 15 to $20 billion each. And I heard one of our naval chiefs talking this week about how we already have our submariners going over to the US and training on their Virginia-class submarines. That chief was dismissing the idea that we're going to have these problems if we still have our people operating the Collins-class subs and then the Virginia-class subs at the same time. Yeah, and what our Navy is saying is that our Collins class already has US combat systems in them, so we're a bit familiar with that, uh, and that the submarines that we'll use in Australia will all only operate conventional and not nuclear weapons. Uh, So it's largely going to be the same. Okay, but in the short term, Claire, so many people are talking about the possibility of China trying to take back Taiwan and there being a war within our region in the next two to five years. So these subs, they're not going to be there to help in that scenario. No, it doesn't help us in that scenario. But like we talked about a bit, this is in some ways much more about the signal of deterrence uh, that includes the United States and the UK, that we're going to do what it takes to defend our interests in the region. Uh, But a lot is going to have to start to ramp up in the short term. And from this year, we're going to see much more of our defence personnel embedded with the navies of the United States and also of Britain. And the US has said that it plans to increase the visits of its nuclear-powered submarines to Australian waters from this year. Yeah, that's right. And then from as early as 2027, both the UK and the US plan to permanently rotate about five submarines through HMAS Stirling. That's the naval base that's near Perth. Uh, That's going to be quite massive. The government's going to have to spend about $8 billion upgrading that base just to accommodate that extra traffic. And that is just the start of this deal. Next up, let's take a look at how Australia is going to kickstart our own homegrown submarine industry. Given the chequered past Australia has had with building Collins-class subs in Adelaide, it is a really massive undertaking to sign up to building these new submarines on home soil. So, Claire, I guess the big question is... Can we really do this very well here? 
Yeah, that's right. We've already got some experience in building submarines. And to be fair to us, a lot of those issues with those subs had to do with an untested design, uh, not the quality of the industry in South Australia. Um, You'd have to say that governments and industry and defence have learnt a lot from those past mistakes. Uh, The key thing in this agreement for Australia is that before a single sub rolls off our own production line in Adelaide, the UK will be about five years ahead in that first build, uh, they're going to start rolling out that new class of submarine, which will be known as the SSN AUKUS. Okay, so the British have already been doing a lot of design and development to replace their old astute class submarines with this new class, the SSN AUKUS. So basically, we are going to be sharing design and development with the UK, and then both of us will be using the American combat systems. Yeah, that's exactly it. And we're going to get through the 2030s propped up by those US subs that we just talked about. Uh, And then in the early 2040s, Australia is planning to roll out one submarine off our local production line every two years uh, through to the late 2050s when we've, by then, built eight of them. The late 25th. I'm just trying to figure out how old I... I mean, honestly, I hope I'm retired by then, Claire. <laughs> Look, one thing's guaranteed, you won't be as old as I will be <laughs> in the 2050s. But yeah, all of this is a really big lift. Uh, it seems so far into the future, but actually to make it all happen, uh, you just need to ask the South Australian Premier, Peter Malinowskis. Uh, it all has to start now. Uh, so the actual building of the submarine construction yards, he's talking about 4,000 jobs uh, involved in the design and the construction of that alone. Uh, And that needs to get going by the end of this year. Okay, so they're going to build the yards, then they're going to build the subs. And the South Australia Premier has already headed off to the UK submarine building facility to have his own little look-see. The point of that being that Adelaide is really going to be the home of this project. We have also heard about the naval base in WA, But Claire, it's still looking like the East Coast is going to be the home of at least some of the new fleet. Yeah, and there's a lot of questions around that still to be answered. Um, The defence experts will tell you that it's better to split your assets so that they can respond to threats where they arise. Uh, Of course, WA is a long way away from the east coast of Australia, so that is a big split. Uh, Port Kembla near Wollongong in New South Wales is firmed as the most likely location for the east coast base. It's got deep water access and it's already got a lot of facilities there. And Claire, before we finish off, one of the other big issues I really think we should get to is just this word nuclear. Saying nuclear sends a lot of people spiralling. So what does it mean? So, look, both Biden and Albanese emphasise this with the announcement this week. It's not about nuclear weapons, it's about nuclear power. Uh, These subs will be propelled by nuclear power, but they won't carry nuclear weapons. Uh, They will have conventional weapons, and Albanese has said that he's emphasised that to our Pacific neighbours. He remains firmly committed to a treaty that's in the region. It's called the Treaty of Rarotonga. Uh, It essentially signs Australia up to keeping the Pacific free from nuclear weapons. Okay, so no nuclear weapons, but what about the issue of what happens with nuclear waste? I feel like we could probably do a whole shortcuts on Mm. this, but if these subs are producing nuclear waste, what happens with that? 
Yeah, so look, to put that really simply, the government's committed to dealing with nuclear waste on defence land in Australia, uh, exactly where and how is to be decided later. Uh, They reckon there won't be any nuclear waste to deal with until the 2050s, uh, and that's because the nuclear reactors to power the submarines will be built overseas. Uh, They won't need refuelling for the life of the unit either. Um, But yeah, you can expect that to be a really big issue, probably just some time down the track. And that is your shortcut to the AUKUS submarines. On to our recommendations. Each week we recommend further reading, listening or watching. And this week, Claire, talking about subs has reminded me of this song that I used to be obsessed with. I kind of still am obsessed with. I'm on a boat by The Lonely Island, which is the (laughs) band featuring Andy Samberg, who is also Jake Peralta in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I love this song. It's not kid-friendly, though, so don't pop it on in the car. (laughs) Yeah, that's very good advice. I know exactly the song you're talking about. (laughs) And look, uh, I've got something at completely the other end of the spectrum. Yours is a lot more fun than mine. Uh, I've got a read from Forbes magazine about why the United States is so worried about China's growing submarine fleet. Uh, It's about wargaming and exactly how that's all starting to play out. Thank you for listening in. If you like what you heard please tell people about the podcast and if you have any requests you can send them through to hello at thesquiz.com.au and in the meantime there are plenty more episodes for you to have a listen to so get on to that until next time Kate Watson, co-host of News Club and The Weekly Wrap, jumping in here to say thank you for listening to our podcasts first and foremost. And if you like them, we'd really appreciate it if you could share them. Tell your mates about us. Tell your family. Tell your barista. Tell your hairdresser. Whoever you think might be interested in the news that we cover. You telling people about us is still the number one way we grow. Thanks in advance.